1: then you're going to have to be able to see better. So join me on this journey of living our best lives and understanding and realizing how you are your greatest asset. Have you ever really thought what you're asking for? Like, what is it going to require of you to receive it, to achieve it, to be it? Whatever that thing is. Because they say, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be answered to you. This is what it said. But half the time, I'm wondering, like, are we really ready what it is that we're asking for? Not that it's bad, but it's just to be prepared. What do they say? Proper preparation prevents piss-poor performance, huh? Lights, camera, action. We're living in the now. Now, for me personally, what I realize is that I've been talking about how I want to up-level my discernment. Now, what I didn't take in consideration of what that would feel like and exactly what that looks like. But more importantly, what that feels like. And how I have to respect myself because when you know better, it's required of you to do better. And you would be a fool not to, right? And I asked for this. I asked to be better. So now I'm charging myself because I'm holding myself accountable. Now with this level of discernment, as I can see, it's up leveling is that I feel so much. Now I could be disobedient to myself. I could disrespect myself. I could not honor myself and ignore what it is that I feel when making my decisions. Hmm? But I want to make my time here good. I want to make sure that I'm going exceedingly and beyond for more than what I could ever imagine. So as I take in consideration of what this discernment feels like, I got to catch it. I'm noticing how truly, now I've said this before, but how truly not everyone can get so close to me. Because now I can feel the residue a bit more. It's pulling on me a bit more. And now, as I'm becoming more in tune with it, I'm catching it before I make the decision, which that is what it's there for. But even as I don't necessarily follow my thought and I go through with it, I realize coming on the other side, I said, well, damn. That's what it is that I felt. And I'm realizing it's only getting more intensified and it's only getting more intensified, but it's what I asked for. What are you asking for? Is it being revealed to you? Wait, let me ask you this. Are you choosing and allowing yourself to see? it? Because what do I say? If you want to be better and you want to do better, you have to be able to see better. Are your eyes open, Uh huh? Are your ears open, Uh huh? Is your heart open? It's time to be in the now. It is the present, so allow it to be the gift. Get your vitamin D right here with me And get excited about your life Kiana Monroe is back I'm back She's back in full effect And um, in case you're wondering Well Dawn, who is that? Well, just a little bit about her uh, She's an author, she's a counselor, she's a speaker And most important, I shouldn't say most importantly One of the things I highlight and I admire about her Is that she's also a um life coach And life spelled L Y F, highlighting the importance of loving yourself first. And my goodness, you know, when you think about anything, you have to make sure that it's self contained before it can give to anyone else. And that includes yourself. And I came across Kiana on Instagram, social media, just perusing. And I got attracted to all the things of talking about loving yourself first and how it's important to, um, define and be aware of your emotional intelligence. And then what struck me is I saw that she was a a trafficking survivor. And I said, wait, what? These are things that I've seen on television, you know, seen certain movies, uh, may even heard about people being sexually abused, but never have I once been in contact, uh, let alone be face to face knowingly of someone that has been in the trafficking realm and let alone has survived and brave enough to step forward to talk about it. And so the conversation was amazing. It was so dang on amazing that I didn't even tell you how she got out. I know. So I said, Kiana, I need you to do that. And then furthermore, when she came on the first time, she was talking about her workshops and what she does. She has the crayon theory and then she also has the strategy of Into Me. Intimacy. The Into Me series. And I saw that and first first form and I'm not going to even hold. You. I was like, OK, girl, I'm going to try it. But she kind of sold me. But when I took those workshops, honey, I mean, <laughs> I was just open, <laughs> feeling all kinds of things. I'm on there crying and things, but it was transformational and it was beautiful. And I said, you know what, now that I have experienced you. I was like, I got to make sure we tell more. I have to furthermore tell people how you get out because um, people need to know. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that stood out, I know I'm just yapping They like, Dawn, you going to let it talk? Give me a second. Let me go off. <laughs> one of the things that, uh, that stood out that I was actually thinking this morning before coming to see you is that you were unapologetic about talking about your family, your Tio and his involvement and your sexual abuse. And I wanna go further and talk about even with my family, about how even some people are upset about the fact of the notion of saying that somebody abused someone and what that looks like. But mm-hmm. we will get there. Hi, Kiana.
2: Hi, baby girl. You didn't have the experience of Honey. Of I I tell everybody, hell, I'm an experience. Mm-hmm. Listen, you you cannot have you can't be granted the access to me mm. and, and think you're going to leave the same. Come on. There's no way.
1: I love the idea that you say granted access because that there's value. Mm-hmm. And of course, with anything I can imagine, loving yourself first is all about your freaking value of yourself and what you are allowing because we have control. We have power. Yeah. And through our life.
2: Yeah. I didn't always have that. I, I stand really firm in it, um, and it's something that I don't take for granted. My ability to kind of control my space, control who has access, and try to control my environment to the best of my ability. But being able to do that, and and saying I won't allow anybody hey. to rob me of my peace, Come on. my joy, my happiness. Right? It is the one thing I didn't I didn't always have. So I, I take it very seriously, very seriously.
1: And just even going into what we need to talk about mm-hmm. of not having any type of control mm-hmm. where the place that was seen safe wasn't. Um, on our last conversation, we left off uh, because I was inquiring how you were in the trafficking realm and no one was concerned that this young girl with grown men, and you said, "Hold on, Don. That's not even how it works. They weren't men; they were actually women, and they're the ones that is the appropriate term handle the transaction mm-hmm. at the various locations, hotels, or what have you. So mm-hmm.
2: let's go into there. I mean, the interesting thing is that you're you're seeing it now a lot of days how people will use almost anyone." They'll use a, a Lechamere, which which I call a, a Romeo, right? Another term is a, is a John or a pimp, right? They've gotten a lot clever. They'll use women. They'll use, you know, someone's grandparents or grandmother. Or, or you said grandparents? Yeah, older people, Does senior, they senior citizens. They right? sign up knowingly? Because it's not something that is as obvious. Or they'll use somebody that's much younger. I, I know you've seen the... The viral video that went around um, of a woman giving another woman a rose, but it was laced with the powder on it's there, laced, right? There are there are ways that people are getting a little bit more creative. This, putting zip ties on the cars, putting little stickers on the cars, papers, um, things like that. There's a lot of caution that needs to be had because. People are getting clever with the way that they are manipulating or trying to kidnap women.
1: But after you're in it, they already got you. Now, this isn't the first. This is the second. This is about the third, fourth, fifth transaction, let's mm-hmm. just say. Mm-hmm. What's happened at that point? Because what I thought was interesting is that you said that you actually would go home. I would go home,
2: right? Because well, how, mm-hmm. the the thing is, for me... At, at that age and stage, I was, you know, I, I got in as young as 12 years old, right? So it's a minor, it would be considered kidnapping. And they already knew that the people who were in it, the men, they were involved in, in gang violence as, as well. So they knew who my family was. They knew who my uncles were, who were in the gang as well. So why didn't they you say anything? They knew where I lived and, and things like that. Because I felt as though how it was shaped And how the story was told to me was, you know, you ditched school. You kind of did this to yourself. No one's going to believe you anyway, you know? And then there was a threat. If you say anything, we're going to go over and light your whole place up. So my grandmother's house, my grandfather was there. My mom lived there at the time. My sister lived there at the time. You know, this is my, my grandmother's house. This is grandma's house. You know what I mean? My uncles lived there all the time. And even though there was a a bunch of activity, you know, drug activity and gang activity that went on over there, right? I didn't want to be held responsible if harm came to my family because I ditched school. I took it as I ditched school. I should never ditch school. I didn't know that that was going to happen when I went over there, but I really took on the responsibility of it's my fault. Also, I said, what if i'm not believed anyway cuz remember i had a history of not being believed so my mindset oh my and gosh. how things were shaped was you don't know how this is going to play out for you just don't say anything you know just just do it until it's over and i didn't know when it was going to be over but I said do it until it's 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 over.
1: You know, I, 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 I mean, I feel like I came kind of strong when I said, Well, why didn't you say anything? Like I heard myself, I even received how your reaction. So pardon me if that's came off strong and as an attack, but at the same time it's like you were a child. <laughs> These are grown people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 when you're talking about the age of twelve, like man, woman, it's still a bigger person than what you are. Right. Now, one thing that I'm thinking about, and I really felt this pang in my stomach. Do children, do you know the percentage of children that would actually lie about something like this? Like, because like I was sharing a little bit earlier, I said that in my family, well, my uncle, I have an uncle that's a creep. I say mm-hmm. a creep, just and I I can't understand why my family like was okay with it. Because mm-hmm. even if you talk you're joking around, peeping around the corner, or if you listening, it's not appropriate. Right. And it was just excused, like a thing, oh don't mind him. No. No. Um, so I I'm a little so if you felt something. I think that's what's mustering up inside of me. Yeah. And then my cousin, a cousin of mine, where there's speculations that he has touched other cousins, his daughter and a stepdaughter. I'm away. So I don't really know what's going on. I'm just, you know, hearing it sparingly. But Mm -hmm. it hurts me because, one, why would a child lie? Two, other families are family members are getting upset as if, someone is attacking him. Mm-hmm. And this is not about attack. We're trying to assess a situation because we're talking about a child right now. Mm-hmm. So back to what I was saying, do children lie about things?
2: Like, how would they even formulate this? I think children lie about a lot of things for attention, right? So you have to get to the root of what are you trying to make up to get attention? But why would a child make up somebody I, touching them now? I don't think that at that age, at a young age, because when that happened with my uncle, I was nine, right? So, but remember, like if we have to, to, to do the backstory and do the history, remember I was raped at six, right? And that wasn't believed. And then when I, when I mentioned about my uncle, it was believed, but it was silenced. I was told to be quiet. It was hushed. So it's not as though, you know, people didn't know what was going on. My grandmother knew what was going on. My mother knew what was going on. Now, my other uncles didn't know what was going on. And I had a cousin and I told her because as as often as possible, she would try to stay awake late at night and watch like Disney movies so that I can sleep so that when he would come home late at night um, on drugs or drunk or whatever, if someone was awake, he wouldn't do anything. If someone was awake, he wouldn't do anything. So my cousin being two years older than me, probably like 11, you know, she made sure if she could stay awake when she had the opportunity to stay over, sure. right? Then she would do it. The history a little bit is unfortunately, and this is in a lot of families, right? Um, it's the the hush-hush, it's the shame, mm-hmm. it's very protective over the males, In in the family and things like that. And people are more concerned about the shame of their image and how that's going to look or how that's going to, to play out. And instead of making sure you protect the child. Now, I was told by my grandmother, you know, that I need to cover up more. Mind you, this is the little girl that wears the pajama nightgown you remember the pajama nightgown with like your rainbow bright or Imagine my seven. little po- my little pony with the ruffles at the bottom um, I was told not to wear that anymore. I was told to start wearing some pants. I was told you know that I was being fast and promiscuous you know and I need to I need to, to you know cover up and stay out of grown men's face or not sit on their lap or not anything like that. So that right there lets me know I'm being shamed, I'm being blamed, and I'm not going to be protected. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I honestly, I don't know what my grandmother was thinking at the time. It's just a history of toxic sexual abuse and sexual trauma for girls because i found out that you know he also did that to his daughters and they never said anything
1: I hey, see this is my thing kiana and pardon me this is not at your family specifically this can go partially at my family like when do we stop the bullshit of acting like we don't know what's going on this can go for a lot a lot of families because i hear
2: people say it all the time that happened to me too and it was covered up or but it's like no, no one you, said, said anything about enough it to know if
1: something isn't right. We know how
2: fast a rumor spread around.
1: So you telling me somebody in your own damn house, Mm -hmm. in your own family, that you had no idea you lying. Furthermore, if you know that somebody has been affected by them, why is anyone being allowed around them? Furthermore, I got it. Okay, so I was talking about my mom's side. On my dad's side, I found out later in my years that I got another uncle, and I'm using the term "creep." I, I, I'm I'm up here saying, "Wow, it's creep offensive," but essentially, it, sexual
2: predator it is it is what it is. Because that's, that's that's what they are.
1: I, I almost felt like I was defaming them, but no, I mean that's it's you know not right. And I'm almost down to the point like I did not grow up around him as an adult because my my father passed away when I was younger, so a lot of my family was down south. Mm-hmm. But I'm just listening to some of my other cousins and like one cousin, I didn't even get a chance to meet because she did not want to come around him. And she is a grown full fledged adult so much. So I went with this uncle to go see my family, my grandfather mm-hmm. and grandmother, their um their place mm-hmm. where they owned the property and to see where they were buried. Mm-hmm. We're just chit chatting. I didn't even know I come back and this is, I'm I'm a little upset. I said, this is the shit I don't like. I get back to my, my cousin's house and, and she basically was saying, oh, I thought you knew or basically thought that I was aware that my uncle was doing or had done things like that. And was basically said, oh, I figured you knew that you would be all right, but never once brought it to my attention. I was completely oblivious. Mm -hmm. And thank God. I mean, I'm not a small woman, but I think I can hold my own. But had I not known and how this information needs to be passed upon and why is he around anyone's kids without it being addressed? And I was reflecting on this conversation because I admired how brave you are or, or whatever the term is of not trying to cover it up. Because I was like, oh, my God. I remember thinking like, oh, my God, did you want to say to you? You said, no, I'm
2: going to say it like he did it and you need to take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. My family knows it's not it's it's not a secret anymore. You know what I mean? And the interesting thing is he's still around. He at he, the house. He's, he's 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 my family still allows him. To come around. And my my grandmother passed recently. And when I showed up, you know, it was more like, what is she doing here? Versus what is he He doing here? Are you kidding me? And we're grown and we're we're adults. And it just, I'm a pot stir, You know what I mean? And the thing is, I remember my grandmother saying, um, people make mistakes. And you have to forgive my grandmother you know you have to forgive you have to forgive it's, it's, it's the christ like thing to do you know and you have to you have to forgive right and the thing is i forgave for myself and just because you forgive doesn't mean that you are you know forgetting the things that happen and it and it doesn't mean that you are accepting of the behavior that happened It means for me, I have to let this go because I can't carry it for me. Mm. And I have to forgive people who are not sorry. I've never gotten an apology from, I don't want to be around. And I had to tell my family, I can't be around you guys. Because I feel as though you chose, you know, my uncle and the predator for whatever he gave. I don't know what the benefit was for him, you know, doing drugs. and, And maybe he was bringing money in. Maybe he was selling drugs and bringing money in. I'm not i I'm not aware of, of all of that. But there had to be a reason why she felt like she had to protect is it was it because it's the first son, the oldest son? The I fact don't that you just, gotta sit I, here and
1: try to justify exactly the value I for have somebody no that tried to break you down or could have
2: that right there. Right. And the thing is, is even with all of that that was going on and that happened when I was being trafficked, I still wanted no harm to come to my family. So how I, did you get out of this stop? So I remember I was, I was 14 going on 15 years old At this
1: point, you're
2: two years into it, 12, 13, four, about three years into it. Um, and no one knew, no one knew I hit it very well. And, and after a while you become immune and you kind of t- go into like zombie mode and just have a level of acceptance of this is just, this is just what's going to happen. Now I I got afraid um really really bad once when one of the girls I would do um transactions with as as like a pair, right? Um I remember her telling me she was very nervous and very concerned and she we we have to go, you know, to Long Beach and we got in a van and it was the the two guys who um, were always in charge of transactions, and then it was one of the women uh, who was there. And it was the the girl and and myself. And I remember we got down to the port, and she got out of the car. There were crates everywhere and things like that. Um, and I remember that there was a um, I just remember a, a dog. A dog was standing next to a guy, two men, and. They walked, they walked to the van, she got out, they walked her out, they went somewhere else, I don't know where, because it's the port. You know Long Beach Port, the port, there's nothing but crates and ships and containers This and, sounds and like, a like movie. that, right? And I'm just sitting there, time passes, and then they get back in the car and we leave, but she's not with us. And I never saw her again. I never saw her again. And I was told um, by the woman, don't say anything about anything. Do you understand? And I just said, yes. This is your 14? Yeah. So I, I, I remember that very well. And I, I feel like she, now as an adult, I figure she was shipped overseas. She had to leave overseas because the, the guys were foreign. They're not from here. Um and that's that's all I was that's all the information I I got and I just kind of put two and two together. So that was when a different level of fear came for me because I was thinking just that quick. I could be shipped somewhere. I could be sent somewhere. Not just a regular transaction here, I can be sent somewhere. You know, and never come back. So I was really afraid at that at that time. That was the first time where I said this this could this could turn out a little different than what's, the, what's been going on. And then how I got out was I had a night where a transaction where um, I was forced to do anal. And it was so brutal that I got ripped, right? And when I, got, I remember getting home, <clears throat> I, I got home and my grandmother was really upset because I came home really late. I came home really late and she asked me where i had been. And I just told her that, you know, I was out. And I actually got a spanking. I got my ass whooped. She was so up- upset that I was out late and I didn't tell anybody where I was. I had been gone all day. And I got a whooping. And in that whooping, my my butt started to bleed through my clothes. Oh, my goodness. Right? Oh, yeah. She didn't know what was happening. So she thought she'd whooped me too hard and she cut me and hurt me. So she called my other grandmother. Right? My, my dad's mom to come and pick me up and take me to the hospital. I went to the hospital and they told my grandmother, my dad's mother, my granny, they told my granny, her behind has been ripped. We have to give her stitches. This is, you know, what is going on? She's a she's, she's minor. So, something is something, going on. I had to tell my grandmother. I had to tell my granny what happened. That's that's when I had to just say, "This is what's been happening. This is what's going on. This is how I got the rip." And I had to tell her everything. This is your dad's. My dad's mother. Right? Not my not my mom's mother. This is my dad's mother. You told her why you were at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Were you crying? What she said? Yeah. My grandmother cried. Not heavy tears. But, you know, anger, like when someone's angry and, and, and you know, some tears drop out of anger um, and she was hurt and she said, OK, you're coming to live with with me. You're coming to live with me. I'll deal with your grandmother. I'll deal with your mother. I'll deal with everybody. You're going to come live with me. We don't have to, to tell all the details of it, but you're not going to stay where you are because it's not safe. And I kind of went into hiding from there. So I went to live with her. I changed schools and I started doing homeschool for the most part. Um, when you say
1: hiding, what did that look like?
2: Um, I cut my hair. My grandmother cut all my hair off, like all of it, and dyed it blonde. Like a, sh- a bob short. Like, like really short, like pixie cut, Halle Berry hairstyle. Oh, like Storm. Like, or- yeah, it, it was really, oh. really short. And I had, um, I put like some blonde in there. So it was a little bit of a different color. Okay. And my family just thought I was going crazy and just decided to just cut my cut all my hair off. You know, they were just like, what is she going through? Right? But I had cut it all off and I went into hiding until I left to go to Atlanta, go to college. And I told no one anything. I didn't catch the bus on my own. Um... For a while, I didn't really walk anywhere. My grandmother took me everywhere. If I was going to go somewhere, I didn't go by myself. I would go with my cousin. I would go with my aunt, right? My aunt and my cousin was, was living with my grandmother. And we're, they were all living together anyway. And they just thought my grandmother didn't want me staying at my mom's house and my grandmother's house with them. And so now I'm staying with them. They didn't know either. How far? So what part of town? Like, how far are you from? Westchester.
1: Okay, so your dad's mom's in Westchester. The Westchester side. Mm-hmm. And then the your mom's side, where are they? South Central LA.
2: Okay, so you got... So it it l- l- it it's some distance, than. right? So, and all that stuff was happening over there on that side. So, with me kind of staying in the house for the most part, and if I did go somewhere, you know, I was getting dropped off. I was getting picked up. She knew where I was going, who I was going with. I was either going with my cousin or, you know, my aunt or with them. There was no way I was doing a whole lot by myself. And, you
1: know, thank God, you know, um, that you were able to go into hiding when you did at your time. Because today, today's age, social media, you got tracking that.
2: everywhere, pictures. You can find this. There's I didn't a, have that back then. All I had was a pager.
1: <laughs> oh, <right>? Yes. <laughs> and you had to put the numbers in for the yes. call. Oh, yes. One, four, three, I love you. Um Wow. Did you ever, so, okay, I can't even imagine the level of anxiety you were experiencing as a child. I was just, this is a caveat, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, she's a dental hygienist, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about lockjaw, and I was telling her, I was like, I think I experienced that as a child, and she was saying, a lot of children experience that when they're under stress, and I'm like... A child under stress? I was like, what are we under stress about? She was like, if you think about it, everybody's telling you how to live your life, what to do what. And I guess that just made me think of the amount of stress that you could have been under as a child, let alone these are all adults. We're talking about people taking your life. You're telling somebody something has happened to you. I imagine that some part of yourself has numbed yourself to the pain or to the situation, but you see this grown woman breaking into tears. Okay, this is serious. Yeah.
2: And the thing is, my grandmother, she said, I knew something was going on with you. I just didn't know what. Why she said that? I, I felt, well, because she just felt the difference between like my body language, mm. how I would interact, you know, how I would talk. She, she was just like, you know, she didn't want to overstep because she was afraid that my mother would remove her access from spending time with her.
1: And so that's the bullshit. Your grandmother was able to detect them when people say they
2: don't know. You smell it. That's what people say. I had no clue. Stop lying. Mm-hmm. Well, my granny. Well, no, but she she said I felt something was going on, but I didn't know what. Right. That's what I'm saying. But I, you know, and I didn't say, I didn't say anything to her about it, and she felt that we were close enough. I I I was I've always been like my granny's favorite kind of grandbaby, and we we bond really really well, um, and I think she felt. I would have said something to her, but it's something that I just, I didn't want anyone to know. That's the amount of shame I had. That's the amount of shame I had. I just, I didn't want anyone to know. And people would always say, you're so weird. You act really weird or you're so different. or You're so off. And it's just, you know, I just, I was different because sure I was, was going through a every whole bunch day. of, exactly. I had so much that I was dealing with and going through and I was still trying to manage getting the, like the good grades and, you know, staying focused in school and not letting that slip up because I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want my, my parents to have to show up at school and get funded. I So I just, there was a lot of pressure Did that I was dealing with. No. I've never How done drugs. did you... I didn't What was drink. Your escape? I didn't do music, singing, writing. Um, I would... I remember I used to, like, lock myself in the closet and listen to classical music. and Barbra Streisand and... Like, I liked a lot of different music than the people that I grew up around would like and listen to. And music would, you know, be the, the tool. I remember, you know, I didn't... I never had anyone to, like, really read to me. And so... What I would do is, I would put um, my little children's books. Do you remember the cassette tapes? Uh huh. I um, remember the Teddy Rupskin. Yes!
1: I had a Teddy Rupskin bear!
2: So I had a Teddy Rupskin <laughs> bear. And what I would do is, I would put my music in Teddy Rupskin, or I would put the the reading books because you know you had reading Rainbow and all that, mm-hmm. but you would get the Disney books that have the cassette tapes that you can put in your cassette player and you open the book and it, and it would say you know turn the page when the well, chime you can up, yeah, you can right pull, yeah and then you would just follow along. So I would create my own bubble of world to be in of like Disney and you know the Cosby Show and all of those shows and just imagine. A life I wanted or where I would be and just hope that, you know, things would change and be different. And I would put the tape in my Teddy Ruskin and it would talk and it would read to me, you know, the little, the books and things like that. Um And I would sing and I would write and I would just, I would dream. Mm. I would just, you know, and just hope that, someone would come rescue me or someone would come see me and save me without me having to tell too much, would just like see and know and just take action. And unfortunately it didn't happen that way. Um, My grandmother had to experience, you know, me telling her the way I I told her, right? And the, the interesting thing was my granny told me, you have a little bit of the body language that that I had when I was raped, and that was her time to tell me she had been raped when she was younger, and someone raped her and shot her in the head, and she survived, and she had a metal plate in her in her head. and she survived it, right? And so when she was seeing some of my body language, she didn't want to assume she didn't want to ask, and she didn't really want to put that in my mind either. she she but she said, I'm hoping Kiana would talk to me about anything that's going on, whatever that may be. She wasn't sure, but she was just, you know how you can tell when someone's a little off and someone's a little different, your 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 child or your grandchild. You know, I'm not a grandmother, but I'm a mother and I can tell when something is just a cool little off and they're, you know, going through a little something. You don't know what it is, but you know, it's something. She didn't know it was that. She didn't know about my uncle. She didn't know about me being left um At my mom's boyfriend's house, remember that story? I was left at a drug house. She didn't know any of that stuff. They just thought I was being weird. And then they would think that I was disrespectful because I had a smart mouth, you know? And I had a smart mouth because at that time when I was younger, I didn't really have a lot of respect for adults because I felt like the responsibility of protecting me and keeping me safe, you guys aren't doing that, Hmm. you know? So I didn't really respect a lot of adults aside from my teachers. So at what point did you know you were safe? As I got closer to the 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 twelfth grade, and then I felt I was really safe um, when I left and went to Atlanta. So when you got to Atlanta, you said I was just like Okay. You no one is going, on your
1: shoulder. No.
2: I had a level of awareness and cautious because I knew that danger is out there. Period, but not that. But then you're like Atlanta is is one of the top places now. Yeah, well, not just Atlanta, but you know Texas as well because they have the the border right over there. Um, I heard Baltimore is is you know really really bad. DC, that area up there is really really bad um, because they've invited me to come and try to you know really do some work. Yeah, out, out that way, New York. Um, is a, is a high market. So Vegas, I remember I, um, so when God. I was in Vegas, when I was in Vegas, um, I was working with um, 100 black men and I was working with a couple other organizations and someone just decided to tell me, do you know how bad it is um, here in Vegas with uh, trafficking young girls and selling them and giving them false IDs? to be able to work on the strip. These are all minors.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. So
1: people are calling saying, Kiana Monroe, we need you Mm -hmm. and your workshops. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about just that, how these workshops have not only healed you, but how you're healing countless of people and beyond. And plus (laughs) we got to get some updates on this music, this here music (laughs) that made you feel safe. And allowed you to dream the life that you're living now. All right, y'all,
3: we'll be right back. This is it your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Hi, this is
4: Vanessa
3: Bell Calloway. Oh, it's just amazing. Peace. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Change. And you are listening to Vitamin D with Don Day.
2: People don't treat their dogs as bad as the things that I've I've been through with some of those transactions. And the the ripping of my asshole um, and having to get the stitches. Um, for most people, is like, oh my god, that's you know the most brutal thing ever. I'm like, I, actually, it's it's not the most brutal thing. Well,
1: what was the most brutal thing?
2: If you want to share, because I want to know. I, I, I have been like doused in beer, like, and peed on. Um, I've been forced to like swallow urine and semen. Um, and this was like early, like 12 and, and it's from foreigners. Like it doesn't matter. Africans, Germans, Russians, they have like the worst fetishes, like to be tied and gagged. Um, and have things that like objects put in me or, um, clamped, um, all different types of stuff. And it's that that's not the, the, the worst. I don't even I don't even think I've shared some of the worst stuff. And I haven't been able to really find an actual psychiatrist or a therapist who can handle that. The first time I, I talked a little bit to one of my therapists about some of my transactions, she got teary because she had been with me for about six months, six to eight months already. And I said, OK, I'm going to start talking about some of the transactions. Right. And you sound I like you were bracing her. I was. I was. Um, and I felt like she, she couldn't really, you know, ha- handle all of that. Um, I told her about the ripping and I told her about the, the beer and being, you know, being peed on. So for me, a trigger is I don't like the smell of beer. Like if I was dating somebody, you can't have beer in the house. I don't like that smell. I don't, I don't want it around. It just, it just makes me uncomfortable. Right. Um, I told her about that. Um, but just it's it's like a life. Were you ever forced to of, eat your own feces or something like that? Or I wasn't forced to do that. Um, but swung on somebody's urine and stuff. That is yeah, that's a lot. Like, as that's a, chi- a lot, as a child. And I'm just thinking like
1: when you said that, I'm thinking about all the stuff that R. Kelly was doing. Pe- people
2: have some nasty fetishes. People are nasty. And men are nasty. No, men. But, you know, the, some men are really nasty. Some people are really nasty. And overseas, the type of stuff that they into is, is, and they will pay a lot of money to to, to do it. And and it would, I would, get like, um, orgy style where you have to sleep with a bunch of men. You have in a bunch room. of, Yeah. Se- like so at several. 12 14,
1: you were handling four, five, six, seven men. Mm-hmm. At what point do you enjoy sex now?
2: It took a long time. It took a long it took a long time. Um, most of sex for me was always performative, and I didn't enjoy a sexual experience until I decided to be with women. And I, from, from there, I was, it, it was the, the safest for me. And I had a girlfriend in in college um, that I loved to absolute pieces, even still to this day. And it was the first experience where I felt she was safe. It was different than what I've always experienced ever. Um, and I just, I, I, I didn't want to date men at all. I was just like, you know, I'm just more comfortable. I feel safe. I just, I'm... She's like my best friend, and she, and I loved her, and um, that's just what I would. That that was my preference. It took a long time for me to go back to to being with a man. I felt like I was guilted, you know, or shamed, you know, you know. I remember I, when I told my mother that I said I think I'm either bisexual or lesbian, and the, the amount of that just blew her mind and. <laughs> the idea of being disowned i said okay i just you know i think it's a phase i'll just you know maybe i'll just go i'll i'll figure out therapy and whatever the case may be and i decided to go back to 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 dating men um but i just it, it wasn't something that i enjoyed for a very long time and even now um in the relationship that I have, like I basically have to to train and say, you know, you can't handle me this way. You can't touch me this way. You can't be aggressive. It has to almost have to be like babied in bed. Everything has to be gentle. Everything has to be soft. And to me, sometimes men are not naturally like that. So it takes a lot of learning. Um, and it just, I got had gotten so robotic and zombie-like that sex was always just kind of performative. I just wanted to get it over just to give you what you want so we can get back to, you know, regular life. You know? That's just all... You can keep that. Mm-hmm. You can record that. You can keep that. But that's that's how... I forgot, I forgot we were... I was, yeah. I was like, what is she talking about? No, that's how... I mean, I mean, and you can, you can, you can, you can, you can share it um, as as much of what I said as as, as you as you Thank want. Thank you for sharing. You're so freaking brave. And I just, it took. I had to really find me, and this is this is why I, what I do is so important. I didn't have a voice. I lost myself. I didn't love me. I didn't know me. I didn't know what I had to figure out. What love is is like. I had to figure out what love looks like. What you know, I had to restructure intimacy and in my idea of it i had to figure out what works for me what's healthy for me what what does love look like what is the what type of experience do i want to have not what other people say i should have you know not not toxic not abusive not healthy i needed to sit with me and figure out you know Am I a Christian? Am I not a Christian? Do I want to be a part of that? Do I not want to be a part of that? Do I want this type of family? Do I want this type of relationship? What does peace look like for me? What, what, is, what, is, what is an orgasm supposed to feel like for me? I didn't even have my first one until I was like 30. So it, it's, I'm just kind of like, no, I need to figure out what love looks like for me and experience my own love. And I understand how powerful shame is. That mother freaking shame. I understand how important self-esteem and your self-concept and the image and speaking up for yourself and, and, and saving you and loving you, accepting you, forgiving you, liking who you are, the awareness, right? Understanding how you feel validating yourself, honoring yourself. What does that look like? I had none of that. And I wasn't comfortable in the skin that I was in when I was younger and I always felt damaged. And I felt that I had been sold and I felt I was used up for such a long time. I said, no one is going to want me. Who is going to, Who? I, there is nothing about me that hasn't been degraded. There, I have nothing beautiful to offer anyone because I have been ravished and damaged so much. No one with an ounce of dignity is going to want a woman that has been through everything that I've been through. And th- that was the story that I was telling myself. I had that mindset. So I understand the importance of having a healthy mindset and what you think about yourself and what you say about yourself and your belief systems and how your actions are consistent with your belief systems, right? Because that is what I believe. So all my actions and my my behavior supported that. Had I not had my child, I do not know where I would be, to be honest, because he's 20 now. And I started shifting and changing to live for him. Mm. I still wasn't living for myself. I was living for my son. But at least I had something bigger than me to live for, right? And it pushed me to want to be successful because I said he didn't ask to be here. Like I didn't ask to be here. And I refuse for him to go through any of the hardships. I may not be able to protect him from every single thing, but he will not go through anything like that. Did you have a good relationship with his father? My son's father passed away.
1: Okay. Well, when you guys were together, was it a a chosen moment? Yes. And so...
2: I'm sorry to hear that. And so, you know, for me, I just, I felt like, all right, he's my responsibility. I want him. He will always feel loved, heard, believed, valued. He will always be the first priority, whatever sacrifices need to be made, right? So that he can have a healthy life. I'm going to to do that. So he was my my motivation to do college and and be successful and have something to to live for. It wasn't until I, I decided to leave my job in entertainment and start the Pretty To Me Foundation where I felt like, Everything I'm 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 pouring into these girls, I need to make sure at at 30, I need to be making sure I'm I'm loving me too. I love you and I love my kid and I love all of you, but it needs to I can love you more if I start loving me more. And let me start pouring into me even more because you guys can really benefit off of the love that I have for myself. Come on. And I cannot I cannot be a hypocrite. I refuse. And I said, I, I need to be able to love me and push that love for me as much as I tell you guys to love you. And my thing was, I never wanted any of those girls. And I saw, and that's, that's the thing. So I paid attention. When I was paying attention to body language and I paid attention to certain things that, that the girls were saying, right? I said, I see that, I see me. That That little bit where my grandmother was just like, "I recognized a little bit of something, and I wasn't sure, and I didn't want to say anything, but I knew something was not sure exactly what, but something was a little off about that body language. But my grandmother had had an experience. She didn't share that experience, but she had had an experience, and it was my responsibility. To be open and honest and willing to share my experience with these girls, so that they felt like, oh my God, I can tell Miss Monroe, I can tell Miss Kiana, because she's been through something horrible, she's been through something hard, and I, I had so much shame and guilt and all of these stories of why I couldn't share what was going on out of fear of, you know, what would happen if they found out, what would happen to them. You know, if they said something and there was backlash, you know, I would be responsible if harm came their way, right? I really needed to make sure that all my girls, even still till right now, I have no problem with letting them know I've been through it too. So if you're going through something and you feel like, I don't know if I should share, I don't know if I'll be judged, I don't know if I'll be condemned, I don't know if it'll be dismissed or unbelieved, or I don't know if, where is the safety, you know, I encourage safety all the time.
1: What are some things that you can tell of somebody that has been abused, touched, or whatever? Like, for example, I'm not saying... It's just a common thing that these two... Well, actually, only one person informed me that they were abused when they were a child, but how you were saying you noticed the similarities. Mm-hmm. I had noticed this in another uh, acquaintance I had met. That you noticed. Yeah, like okay. you touch them and they jump. Or, mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just like, what are you anxious about? Just... Touched your shoulder. Yeah. They, they both suffer from anxiety. One said they experienced; the other did not. More than likely, is that what happened?
2: Yeah. What? And I saw so that, that, that. I knew that, I was like, you know, you know, being very fidgety, constantly, like looking around and seeing if anybody is is watching them. There's there's a fear of being. I didn't stop having the fear of being snatched until maybe my, like 28, 29. And it's, it completely never goes away. Now I'm like very cautious and I'm just, I'm always aware of my surroundings because I know that kidnapping is still alive and well. Trafficking is still alive and well. There's more people that know about it, but it happens and it's like a hidden in plain sight. I did a a, a story um for Spectrum News on hidden in plain sight, the stuff happens right under our nose and we don't know because we're afraid to, you know, get involved. We don't want to say anything. We don't know if that's what's really happening. Right. You overstep your bond, you So
1: somebody might jump. What else might they do?
2: That was one. Um, I mean, f- being very fidgety. Right. Um, I always say sometimes that the, the, the sulking and isolating themselves from friends or isolating themselves from people. I was very isolated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I would go to school, but I was very by myself for the most part. Um, I had low self-esteem. I didn't talk like I had a lot of hope. It was very dread all the t- kind of all the time. Um, I got into my grades were slipping a little bit, not too much, but a little bit.
1: Um, but what about physical? Because no, I with no grades. So we got fidgety. We got the anxious. The body, the, the the like I said, language. the sulky, sulky. kind okay. of
2: body language. Okay. Um, so I, I I was. I
1: was. I was on to some because some picked up. Because I said, "Why are you jumping like that?" Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, upset with myself or annoyed that, rather than saying, "Why are you acting like that? Is something making you uncomfortable? Or mm-hmm. Are you okay? Because mm-hmm. if you. I mean, damn, clearly your nervous system is out of whack. Right. So we left off and you told me about um, your experience of when you finally felt safe. And that was when you got down to Atlanta in college Mm -hmm. and you said, "Okay, I'm away from everything. Mm -hmm. And it was something that interesting that you and I were just discussing and you were talking about how finding your self-esteem and you know starting uh, pretty to me and your workshops and what you're doing mm-hmm. based on your story this is just me piecing it together mm-hmm. is that you were put on our, on display as pretty to everyone else but now you're saying how I'm finding the value with me Mm-hmm. And I had a chance to experience that with um your cray- crayon theory workshop that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh so and then also you're into me. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Which one do we talk about the first? The strategy to intimacy the or in- the Okay, which one do we talk about first? Oh uh, cuz We can we can do the, the a- intimacy. We can do because you you came to both. I did. Yeah, Cuz Lord knows and- I do I am I am um I want uh, why am I filtering? I wanted to immediately say looking for love, but what I'm looking for is someone that I can feel safe with. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that relationship because I have to feel safe into to communicate. And when you talked about communication, the trust. The structure box. The structure right? box. The, the intimacy structure the, box. So we need to start with, right? okay, the
2: strategy, the intimacy, into intimacy. intimacy. And the reason why I say it because people think intimacy is about, you know, the the intimate depth that you have with someone else. And I say, you... You can only go as deep with someone else as they have allowed to go within themselves. Ooh. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you, how, how can you allow me close to the center of your heart, and and you're not and, even there. And, and you, you, you've never visited that space. How is that? How is that possible? I can't go deep with you. You're not deep with you're not deep with yourself. So there's a type and of intelligence that needs to take place. Exactly. There's an awareness. There's self awareness. And you know, in in that course and that workshop, you know, I talked about emotional intelligence, self awareness, understanding who you are, understanding your emotions when they arise, managing them, um, being empathetic, right, and and managing the relationship that you have with yourself and with others. But that intimacy box. Um, is love requires trust, right? Wait, love requires respect. Respect requires trust. Trust requires safety. And the only way for that box to be connected is if you apply primary love through compassionate communication, right? And compassionate communication requires a level of cognitive empathy. People need to feel seen, heard, valued, understood, and believed, Right. And that is an expression that you need to be able to. That's a, a verbal expression that you need to have with somebody and say it's safe for you to be yourself. It's OK to be transparent. It's OK to be vulnerable. Right. You may have to sh- uh, be willing to share something about you first. Sometimes people will yeah. only feel safe if they see your vulnerability first. And now it's like a waving of a white flag and saying, you know, see, I gave right? So it's okay that you give to and Into me, see? Mm -hmm. Ah. See? It's okay to see into me. See into me, right? And now that you feel safe, I can trust someone I feel safe with. I can respect someone I can trust and feel safe with. I can love someone that I respect, trust, and feel safe with because they allow me to be vulnerable, transparent in myself. How can you Respect someone you don't trust. How can you trust someone you don't feel safe with? How can you feel safe with someone that you can't be open and honest and yourself with, right? You are going to constantly give them a representative. You are going to shape shift and conform into a version of of someone else or yourself that is not fully who you are, right, to pacify or appease that person. That's not safety. That's not safety. That's a representative. That's Mm -hmm. being false and being fake. And your spirit and who you are cannot settle in a place like that. And relationships that don't have that level of intimacy, they don't last because people eventually... Have you ever just been out in the world and you performed and you did everything you were supposed to do and you finally come home and you're like, unsnap the bra and you're you're like, oh, now I can just be myself. Right? Right. Now I can just be myself. When you are intimate in a relationship with somebody, it should feel like that when you're with them. And that's what that course is. Understanding how to offer primary love, meaning allowing some, creating a space for someone to be authentically themselves, fully transparent and vulnerable, mm. without fear of judgment and condemnation, with the understanding that you are determined and committed to understanding them. It's the yes. understanding and believing them. You don't have to agree with what everybody says. It's not that you, you know, approve of whatever what what everybody does and says, right? But I believe you and I'm committed to understanding you. I like right? your
1: belief and understanding. I always say, I want to make, I want to receive you. Yes. I want to take you as you are,
2: um, as you are. As you are. And you 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 cannot be. In a healthy relationship without that level of, of intimacy. And people last sometimes for years. Right? In relationships,
1: How in the world? How in the world? It, you know, and it, it really put a basic level of of how I want to um, introduce relationships to in my life. How mm-hmm. I want certain relationships to exit out of my life. Mm-hmm. And it is the fact of getting intimate with me because it's either one or two things. Either... You're not creating the space for me to be comfortable or for whatever reason, the space isn't being created within myself, but either way isn't working. But I'm able to identify these things because it's a two way streak. Yeah, we could be on different planes, but being able to identify because at the end of the day, we all want to feel safe. Yes. And I want to operate. My mission is to operate. I always want to respect somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm i human, so I'm gonna come out of pocket sometimes. But even if we just talk about more on an intimate level I want to respect you because I want to give you choice to make a choice. I think there's freedom in that. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can't respect you, what am I doing with you or engaging with you or anything that means anything to me? Right. And oftentimes, you know, you know, not listen to what you're saying. It doesn't mean that a person is coming out here with ill intent and trying to be malicious. Hence, right. I do think we should extend grace. But at the same moment, if you haven't created that space with yourself, now I'm aware of what you can give to me. Now we've saved a lot of heartache. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And distraction and time,
2: and that's why you know in that workshop I I go over the four levels of of intimacy because people are not really intimate with themselves. They don't know how to be compassionate and kind and forgiving and understanding. And some people are not really some people are afraid to be that that level of honest. Well, if you with think themselves about if people
1: have taken advantage of you and you've never felt safe? Why would somebody want to do that?
2: Right. And if you can't be that way with you, if you don't know, um. Emotional intimacy, right? Intellectual intimacy, uh, experiential intimacy, and spiritual intimacy. What are those things that you need to be intimate with yourself? And how can you, how can you grow and evolve on, on a level of intimacy like that with someone else? You know, like I said, it's not going to work. And then it, it pushes you into the, the whole crayon theory, and that's why it, come that, on that, that comes after now, I've <laughs> even
1: noticed like Okay, so when I first receive her, even like as I'm thinking right now, thinking of Crayon Theory, Mm I'm thinking like an intimate relationship. I'm laying out colors on people that I'm just meeting on a platonic level. (laughs)
2: See what I'm saying? I told you, once you learn it, you're not going to be able to unlearn it. That's going to be with you forever. I was telling her, we can
1: all say, oh, you're a red crayon. And so I I don't even have to fight. It's just more so, what space do I want to, what kind of energy do I want to be on? Mm -hmm. If you're going to be red, what is the other one? Is it uh, Mm -hmm. yellow? What's Yellow and then blue. Right, and then blue is the complete opposite of red, or blue is in the blue middle. Blue is completely opposite of red. So that's how I know. If I feel like well, if I want to protect my energy and you red, I can be blue. It's okay because there's nothing I have to. And I don't know if that would make me in a yellow. But go ahead and tell them what these things are now.
2: So you know, with with the crayon theory, um, you have your colors your your red, yellow, and blue. But the the whole point and in and purpose of it um, is understanding the backstory of who you are so that you can experience the, the type of love and life that you deserve and that you want. And it is, as you, as you know, once you go through that first workshop and you understand yourself and how to communicate and how to be intimate, right? Then you figure out, you know, how you experience your love language, Mm. remember the experience of you what does that look like what does that feel like becoming what it is that you require becoming what it is that you know you expect somebody to to be to you and and becoming what it is that you require
1: mm-hmm. wait I had to marinate on that I mean we hear it you can't be what you,
2: we can't seek what you cannot be but we okay. talked about that right mm-hmm. and but and the the thing is is it's, it's understanding what you like and what you don't like and, and not putting the pressure, um, foolish pressure, to be honest, of people being able to read your mind, right? Right. You, you need to, they need to, if you are who you say you are, then that is how you should be moving. And people will come into your life and, and say, oh, this is how he or she is moving, Apparently, this is how she receives love. This is how she likes to be treated. These are the things that she's enjo- that she enjoys, or he enjoys. These are, you know, this is how they manage their money. This is how, they, like, you pay attention to what's important if you're dating with intention, right? Um, and if you are attentive, but you treat people, you teach people how to treat you by how you, you treat love yourself. yourself. Right. So, like, are you giving people a front row seat of how to mishandle you or are you giving, you know, uh, a course on the best way to love me? Mm-hmm. Watch and watch and learn, basically. So the crown theory is understanding the experience of, of you and then understanding your attachment style. Right. And then you go into the the next section, which is the self-concept and the value structure. Right. And knowing Is attachment all good. Why part, did you say attachment? style? The attachment style. Remember, you learned yeah, I, it. So you, have secure, mm-hmm. you have the secure. You have the avoidance, You have the fearful avoidance. Those are really important because it's also it's important to know who you are when you can know who you are and accept who you are. Right. You can say you move confident, right? You move confidently and you know what you are willing to tolerate, what you can allow. When people say, well, what am I getting into when I when I'm when I'm dating you? Right. What's the experience of you? What What am I getting myself into? You can say it with clarity. You can say it with confidence. This, look, let me tell you, I, I got some hiccups here and this is what 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 it is. I you know, I want love, but I'm a little afraid of commitment. Right. I have, you know, some issues here and there. Um, and this is this is why and that and creates a space for that, that person to show with. up and be safe. And now we can talk
1: about building you something. because now the foundation ain't shaky. I know where it's at. I know where it's on level. So if I step over here, I don't have to worry about tripping and falling because you've you've given me notification.
2: And it's being secure with who you are and where you are in your life right now. Mm. Right?
1: It's and take- fear is not knowing, and, and if you don't know yourself, that's why you're fearing yourself. Right?
2: And it's <gasps> taking the burden off of look. I'm not trying to come to you to as the, you know, the end all be all and the be your everything and be a level of perfection. I am not that. Yeah, I was looking
1: at some on social media. They said, don't go for somebody that you can be compatible with. Grow with somebody that you can grow
2: with life with, because we're constantly going to change. Exactly. And that's and Come on. I talked about it. I t- I'm telling you. So, like I said, it's the, the, the value. So once you understand your, your love language, your attachment style, your self-concept, right? Who are you, the, your self-image, who, you, who you're growing to be, right? Accepting who you are in the areas that need a little bit of work and need a little extra love and healing, right? And then you have your value structure. Where did you first experience love, right? Um, who taught you about love? Um. What is it that you value? What are the characteristics of what it is that you value? How do you operate? What are your principles? What are What's important to you? Because so many people date and, and I did this too. I, w- I didn't know myself. I made a lot of choices and decisions because I didn't know me. And if I would have knew better, I would have made better choices and decisions right? So understanding who you are and what it is that you want and where that stems from, what your non-negotiables are, understanding your why so that you can tell people your why and your why not, right? And that's so important. That's a key factor. And if you say, like, for example, I value love, the character breakdown for that is for me, and there's no right or wrong answer, but these are the characteristics that I live by being you know, forgiving, being slow to anger, being kind, being patient, right? Being, um, extending a level of cognitive empathy and creating safety for people. So when people are around me, they can confirm, yeah, Kiana's like that. I've experienced her and based off of her interactions, this is who she is and this is th- this is how she is. She might decide not to eat meat later. She might gain 10 pounds later. She might move, she might switch jobs. But her core her principles and her values, this is who she is. This is who she is, right? And if you are operating in your values, if you're ex- in, in how you experience your love, you know who you are, you know what you value, you know what your non-negotiables are, right? When you're dating someone, you can say, this is who I am. I'm oh. secure in who I am. This is what I value. And I'm not going to date someone. I'm going to start asking intentional questions. Right. Because I know who I am. And that lets you know if you're a red, a yellow or a blue. And if you are a yellow crayon and you are looking for, you know, green love, then you need to be dating a blue crayon with someone who shares the same values. The crayon colors are based off of the values and the willingness to operate in those values, i.e. blend Mm-hmm. Or, comp- and, and, or compromise, or not compromise, or just not have any. Most, I always say most blue crayons are very hippie-like. They don't have a lot of values. You know? They're just like, I go with the flow. I'm on whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want to do. I'll be whatever you want to be. I'll stop you know, my life, and I will mold into your own. Right? It doesn't make them bad people. But the thing is, when you know who somebody is, when they can say, this is who I am, right? Then now you have the control and the power to say, let me figure out what type of access I want to give you in my life. Let me figure out what type of relationship I want to have with you. As a blue crayon, you know, if if you are a red crayon and I don't want to, I know I can't be with a red crayon. I know that you and I could just be friends and that's okay with it. No harm, no foul. But this is who you are. But don't lie to me about who you are. Right. Right. Or, Because give me enough respect to
1: show me who you are and let me decide if I want to show up. And But now that you have robbed yes. me of that, I no longer feel safe because now I don't know what your intentions are. And now and I have to create the safety.
2: Right. I have to create. I, I have to be comfortable in my own skin and create enough safety for you to feel like. You can tell me you're a red crayon. You don't have to lie to me about who you are. But let me try you real quick. Yeah. Pardon me,
1: Yeah. but I'm about to try you. Okay. If somebody is listening to you and they're like, well, based on her life, she damn near didn't feel comfortable having sex until she was like mid 20s, 30s. What does she know about love? How is she going to tell somebody to love and she hasn't even, she do not even know herself? What do you just say to somebody like that? Because i said the same thing when somebody said they, they may know about dating. It's like, but you ain't in a relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. How, how do you answer that? I'm 40 years old and I'm very in love with who I am. Catch it. I'm not like, and, and I'm okay with letting anyone know the mistakes that I made in my 20s, which supports my non-negotiables in this space that I'm in today. So if you're going to meet me today and know who I am today I can give you clear directions you know on mm-hmm. how to get to my heart today do you understand what I'm What'd saying what you about you remember you said the address of the avenue to my heart oh I can give you clear directions to the address of my own heart because I live here come on I live here and I can tell you about the neighborhood I used to live you know where self-esteem was next door low self-esteem was next door low self-worth was across the street right? Damage was a, f- a frequent visitor and basically a resident, but I don't live there anymore. And so if you're going to approach me and be with who I am today, right? Then you have, I can tell you exactly who I am today. And, and the, the beauty is I know myself and I know where I've been. I can tell you why my non-negotiables are what they are because I can tell you what they, what they, what they weren't Hey, and why it's not tolerated. Hey. What I used to tolerate, I don't tolerate because I've grown. That's and I it. will not allow you to take me back into a space I've healed from. And, and that's really, really important. And people don't, people don't always do that. When someone shows you who they are, you have to believe them. You know, you don't shapeshift to be, you know, what you think they want. Be who you are. Who and they either are. can accept it or not. Or... Also, don't don't try to change or fix anybody if they show you if they tell you I'm a blue crayon and you know that that's not what you want. You don't you want someone with morals. You want someone with values. You want someone that's very similar to you or whatever that may be. You want what you want. It's okay to want what you want once you know what you want. And
1: confidence is
2: in. Exactly. Then you can say, you know what? Um, This is not for me. And I'm not going to try to fix you and change you because I like what you look like, mm. you know. Or, or, and then you have to think about the fact
1: that if they aren't what we say we want, but we're still attracted to them. We're, we're feeding trauma wounds at this point.
2: Well, it could be a trauma bond. There, there's some broken areas child. in you that you are unwilling to accept. So you're just trying to fix somebody else. When you're fixing someone else and not accepting them for who they are, there's something about you that you're not accepting either, right? And now you're trying to change somebody to be what you need them to be or want them to be instead of allowing this person to be who they are in your life. And that's, that's, that's a serious problem. And then you have trauma bonds form out of stuff like that. And that's not okay either.
1: So if somebody is listening, they said, I need to know about the crayon theory. I need to check it out. I'm going to tell you right now. I did it. It was amazing. She got teary. I was up there. Listen, y'all know how much I be crying. I was up there getting emotional. I was seeing things in Dawn, approaching things in different ways, things that make me feel uncomfortable. And you know I'm about that. Because just as Latif says, magical things happen outside your comfort zone. And I'm being magical. I want to show up for everything that was promised for me, yeah. for every relationship, for every opportunity, and for the peace that was granted exceedingly and abundantly. Yeah. So, Kiana, what's up? Are, you told me that it was limited this year; that we're done. What, what's the updates? What's going on? Because I know they
2: want to know. Uh, I can only tell you a little bit about it, but I am shooting a pilot. We are turning the crayon theory into an actual show where we will bring wow. singles in, and and. Allow them to experience it in real time to do the workshop, right, and then hold a, a, a mixer. And but everybody will have their color. Oh, so they are my. going to go through this whole process, very similar to a dating show. Can't tell you the network, um, but that's it's it's going to be real people who are looking for love, and we're going to bring some some couples in to make sure are you with the person you're supposed to be with, Ooh. right? So teaching them to understand the backstory of who they are and what love is so that they can experience the love that's, that they want and deserve, that it's meant for them, not society's standards of love, not another person's relationship goals, right? But what does a loving experience from a partner look like for you? as yourself and we're going to allow them to to experience that and go through the workshop you've been through the workshop i've i, right? I right? have i have had the experience honey right so, so imagine going through that experience right and learning all that information and then going into a, a mixer full of uh singles I know that's to, right. to date but now everyone has been through the workshop and everyone has their color on even you the interesting thing is, I think...
0: I see a- your truth yeah. <laughs> shining
1: through. So don't be afraid, just let them
2: show. Right. Do you know that song? I do. Your and I think people will... S- I honestly believe that yes. I'm hoping that people will take this and learn it and apply it um, to their friendships, the yeah. type of friends they want to have in their life, Absolutely. Relationship, all relationships, you know, but I think there's still going to be some people who will see someone with a color on and say, yeah, but he looks so good. And but see, then, then I'm so going to have to so tell them that they need so to go good.
1: back to the strategy yeah. of the end to me.
2: Yeah. Because you haven't found the address to your heart. Right. And I have condensed both of those courses into one for the show
1: okay so you're going to have to wait for the show I was trying to give you a little something something but I hope you've taken notes Yeah, Kiana if people want to follow you because I'm sure I, I do know because I follow you that you're <laughs> constantly giving tips on social media right. constantly updating about the music we're out of time so we can't get into that but where can they follow you so they can check it out
2: you can go to my website at www.kianamonroe.com um, all the information you need to know even the music is is on there right on the on that page um, if you have a child and you're in interested in me working with a minor or speaking to your school or your organization for minors, you can go to www.pretty2me.org or follow me on social media at Kiana Loves Me, because I do. Or you can find me on LinkedIn at Kiana Monroe.
1: You heard it. Absolutely. Listen, color me beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Uh, listen, um, I want to say allow people to experience you, but most importantly... Allow yourself to experience yourself. See the beauty inside of you. Understand that whatever circumstances, whatever challenges that you are experiencing in life is nothing but pressure to make the diamond so that you can shine the way that you are. But guess what? The only way that you can shine is that you show up and therefore you allow your light to show out. Can people see you? Alright, um, I appreciate you and I love you. I thank you so much for following this journey with me on my dreams and I want to encourage you that if you want to be on the show or perhaps you have a topic idea you like, Dawn, I want to cover, email us vitamin D at Dayspeaks.com. Also, um, you know I do advice letters, so if you need advice on your relationship, on your career, emotional, whatever you have you, you can email me vitamin D at dawndayspeaks.com and you know I always say, vitamin D is all about shedding light on the good and the bad because if you want to be better and you want to do better you have to be able to see better so i'm gonna keep it real with you because i love you and while you're at it you're listening you're still here go ahead and tell somebody to tell somebody else that dawn day got a podcast it's entitled vitamin d with dawn day and it's wherever you get your favorite podcast and go ahead and rate it so that when they look at it they're gonna be like damn that's a good show I want to tell everybody about it And then the next person finds out And we can just be Shedding light and inspiration And everybody just feel Damn good everywhere Okay um, If you want to see us And what we're doing in the studio You want to see Kiana What she talking about All this radiant energy That she's breathing in And everything that I'm getting You know that you can check us out On all social media At Vitamin D Dawn Day And um, if you want the source <laughs> The original Vitamin D You can follow me personally at Dawn Day Speaks We on a ride y'all it's, it's gonna be a fun ride And I'm so grateful that you're here with me So keep rocking with me Cause I'm rocking with you Alright I'm about to head out of here You know I always say I'm in the business of making dreams come true And I damn sure ain't gonna forget about mine So until next time Always remember you are your greatest asset. Peace. Get your vitamin D right here.
4: direct has done it again this month only get ready for an offer you can't resist buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at two thousand dollars that's right a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once so hurry into diamonds direct your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long details at diamondsdirect.com